Um, we're we're going to uh, do something a little bit different today than, than we normally do. We're, we're going to be looking at three different sections of Scripture, and uh, and I've asked them to uh, be able to put these on the screen for you to, to watch periodically as we go. Um, we're going to deal with three different sections of Scripture, and what we're really going to have is is almost three like mini sermons. Not three full, like, 20-minute sermons, right? Everybody panics. There's going to be about three mini-sermons, and, and really kind of with one broad overarching theme. And the broad overarching theme is that rocks get in the, in the way. Yeah, rocks get in the way. And so, so uh, for each one of those, we're going to see rocks get in the way of something or see what God does with the rocks that get in the way and, and just really be thinking about what that looks like in our own lives. And I'll give some super practical, like, hey, do this uh, kind of thing. And, uh, and you can either choose to do it or not, right? That's kind of how it works. So, so uh, the first place that we're going to go is Mark chapter 4, verses 16 and 17. And I forgot my Bible. Hold on. This is what happens when there's too many props. It's like, oh my goodness. Mark 4, 16 and 17. I want to read it to you first, and then, uh, and then we'll kind of explain it. And these, these stones, right, these rocks, are the ones sown on rocky ground. The ones who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with joy, and they have no root in themselves, but endure for a while. And then, when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately they fall away. So um, <clears throat> this is in the, uh, the, the parable of the sower, right, of course. Uh, it begins in Mark chapter 4, verse 1. And, then, uh, and what Jesus is trying to do is he's trying to give us a story here, a story that, that we understand so that we can understand a deeper truth about our spiritual life. Jesus is really kind in that way, right? He does this a lot. He'll tell us a, a story that we understand and that makes total sense so that we can understand a deeper truth about our spiritual lives. That's what the parable of the sower is. There's three main things, of course, in the parable of the sower. There's a farmer, right? And then there's the seeds, and then there's the rocks in this case, right? So um, the farmer uh, is... Uh, the sowing seed, not needle and thread sowing, right, of course, but sowing as in like throwing it out. And as he throws out or casts out the seed, um, it falls on different types of soil, uh, two different types of soil, really, good soil and bad soil, right? Again, right, when I pause like that, that's when you guys can chime in here. So uh, there's good soil and there's bad soil, and one of the bad soils is the rocky soil, right, the rocky soil. And, um, and, and what happens, right, of course, is uh, uh, when, when you throw the seed out there on the rocky soil, it's going to uh, spring up quickly. It's going to look like a good, strong, healthy plant. Uh, but then the sun comes up and, uh, and, and it scorches that plant. And, and, and that's not necessarily a, a, a thing that leads to death, right? It, uh, but it, if it has shallow roots, then scorching that plant is going to lead to death. If it has deep, strong, healthy roots, it's going to be just fine and dandy if it gets scorched. It'll rebound, it'll come back with a little bit of water and a little bit of care. You talk to it, sing to it, of course, that's how it works. And so, you know, with a little bit of care, it'll bounce back. But in this case, it falls on rocky ground, so the roots are shallow. And, and when the sun comes up, it scorches the plant, and then, of course, that plant is going to die. And, and, and so Jesus applies that to our life and, and takes it to a deeper place so that we can understand our spiritual lives a little bit better, our relationship with him a little bit better. And what he says is that um, the, the seed is, of course, God's word that gets thrown at us. 
Um, God's word uh, in, in a couple of different ways, right? It, it means, yes, scripture that we read, right? That's God's word. It also means uh, just God's word that you might hear in your own listening prayer in your own devotional life. So, so God's word, either that you read in scripture or that you hear um, in your uh, listening prayer time, and, and, and what he says is that we receive it with joy. Uh, that means that uh, we hear it with our heads and our ears, and we say, oh, that's good. That's good stuff. Yeah, I need to hear that today. But then he says that the rocks, what, get in the way? He says that the rocks prevent God's word from having a deep, lasting, meaningful impact on our life. Um, the rocks get in the way and, and, and cause a shallow root system, in other words. Um, the rocks are described as uh, afflictions or tribulations. Uh, the rocks are um, persecutions. That we, all those are kind of fancy uh, church Bible words, right? So, so just kind of give us some definition. Uh, afflictions or tribulations, uh, those are things that, that, that put pressure on us. Uh, somebody said, uh, uh, I don't remember how you worded it, uh, but you said something about lots of different worries or, or stress, uh, Overwhelmed, yeah. So, so right, there's, there's just a lot of things that pile on top of us, and then we start to feel those are the different pressures, right? Those are afflictions and tribulations. Uh, afflictions and tribulations are, are, are things that oppress us or distress us. Uh, persecution is hostility or meanness that's directed at you because you stand for something. Uh, it's it's a hostility or meanness that's directed at you because you represent something. These are different rocks in our life that, that sort of distract us, right? They're different obstacles in our life that, um, that when those things are there, uh, it makes the reception of God's word all the more difficult. And what happens is we hear it, uh, but we never move it to our heart. We never allow it to move to our heart. We never apply it to our life. And so it doesn't take deep root. And just see this, right? If God's word isn't taking deep root in our life, then God isn't taking deep root in our life. And so this is a huge deal. These rocks, these persecutions, these tribulations that get in the way of God having a deep, meaningful, lasting impact on our life. So what are we to do about these rocks? Uh, the, the passage doesn't really tell us, and that's not the point of the parable of the sower, but, but let me just kind of give you a couple of, of different so, uh, ideas. I don't want to say solutions, because these are like man-made, right? These are Pastor Davisms, if you will. How do you deal with these kind of rocks, these tribulations, these obstacles that get in the way of, uh, dealing, of, of receiving God's word? Um, one thing would be um, to simply uh, get on your knees and get your hands dirty, right? Uh, this is kind of what uh, the kids' chat was with Zeke, where he did that work of moving that obstacle. And, and, and you uh, probably have to explore and try different things and figure out what that looks like for you. Uh, for me, it looks like pray and then pray again and then pray again and pray again over those afflictions and tribulations and persecutions until I can leave them at the feet of Jesus and stop carrying them around on my own shoulders. Uh, for you, it might look like something different, but, um, but sometimes with these obstacles, these rocks that get in the way, uh, we need to get on our knees and get our hands dirty and start pulling those rocks out, at least as many of them as we can. 
the, the really practical like how-to that I would encourage each of you to do, um, not right now, save it till later, right? So you don't get distracted from the rest of the sermon. But just, just write these things down. There's so much power in being able to just name it and see the list. Maybe the list is really overwhelming. Maybe the list is really big. But just sit down and write out the different rocks that are getting in your way of receiving God's word. Um, <clears throat> if you can name it, it, it might help to just be able to see it. And, and we're going to bring that list back at the end. But um, just write down the things. Hey, this is what's pressing on me. Hey, these are the things that are putting pressures on me. These are the things oppressing me right now. These are the people or the things that are directing hostility at me for who I am and what I stand for. There's a lot of power in being able to write it down. Some rocks get in the way of God's word being received and therefore uh, get in the way of God having a deep, meaningful, lasting impact on our life. Uh, remember, uh, three uh, different little mini-sermons. So that was sermon number one, right? Move on to sermon number two, if you will. Um, sometimes rocks get in the way of restoration. Uh, this is uh, from the book of Isaiah, and we're going to read uh, two quick verses uh, that are up there uh, on the screen. Uh, let me read them, and then we'll kind of tell the story. Uh, Isaiah 62, verse 10 says this, Build up, build up the highway, clear it of stones, rocks. Clear it of stones or rocks. Uh, 5714, very similar. It says, build up, build up, prepare the way, remove every obstruction from my people's way. Um, There's a bigger story attached to this that we just kind of need to know and and walk through, right? Uh, In these later verses in the book of Isaiah, it's a fascinating book. Um, uh, these, are, these are the later chapters in the book, and, uh, and what's happening, right, is that the people in the book of Isaiah are very aware of brokenness. They're just very aware of, of, of the things around them that are broken. They're very aware of their broken relationship with God. They're very aware of, of their own brokenness and their own circumstance. They're very aware of brokenness. And it describes the people as feeling contrite. That's not a word we really use anymore, right? So there's another big, uh, fancy biblical word. Uh, They feel contrite, which is just to say that they feel low. You know, I mean, sometimes we feel high and we're on a mountaintop, and then other times we feel low. That's where the people of God are at in these later uh, chapters of the book of Isaiah. Uh, The bigger story, right, that has gotten them to that point is that they, in their history, chose idolatry, over and over again, they chose idolatry. They chose to turn towards other things in trust that, that those other things, that those other nations, that those other people would help them. And, and they usually did that to the exclusion of God, right? They're supposed to turn to God in trust and say, oh God, we trust that you're going to help us with this problem or this moment or this thing. And, and some of them would say, oh God, we trust you and all these other things. A lot of them just said, no, 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 we just trust this. <laughs> and they would turn to other nations and other people and other things to help them with their different problems. And, and God would send them warning after warning. He would send them invitation after invitation. He would send them um, reminder after reminder, hey, I'm right here, trust in me. Don't turn to anything, just trust in me and me alone to help you. And the people over and over again ignored those invitations. And it caused this great separation and divide between them and God. 
And God finally said, okay, I'm going to allow an enemy nation to come in and take you into exile. Uh, exile uh, basically means that you're going to be taken far away from your home and to a place that's very unfamiliar and very uncomfortable. Anybody feel like you've been in exile the last few, few months? Holy smokes, right? So, so this is what happens. There's this great divide and separation between God and the people. He allows them to be taken off into exile, and they're far from their home in the later chapters of the book of Isaiah, and, and they're living in this place called Babylon. It's unfamiliar. It's uncomfortable. And God comes along and says, I'm not going to leave you there. And we get these beautiful moments in Scripture when God comes and says, I'm not going to leave you there. I've got a plan to restore you. I've got a plan to, to bridge the gap between Babylon and Jerusalem. I've got a, a plan to bridge the gap between where you are and where I am. And, and I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to do that work. Do, do you just see that language there? Right? Build up, build up the highway between what? Between Babylon and Jerusalem, between where you are and where I am. Um, build up, build up, prepare the way between Babylon and Jerusalem, between where you are and where I am. This is God's plan for restoring all things, uh, for, 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 for restoring what is familiar and what is comfortable and what is good and what is right. This is just beautiful thing in these later chapters in the book of Isaiah. And we get not only this is God's plan for restoration, but he's promising, he's promising here to, to what? Clear the stones to remove every obstruction, right? So that um, the, the way is uh, smooth instead of bumpy and rocky. <laughs> uh, so that uh, the people of God don't trip over themselves or over these obstacles, over these rocks as they're trying to move back towards restoration. Sometimes rocks get in the way of restoration, but God promises to restore God promises to build a way where there was no way before. God, God promises to remove the rocks. Uh, so what's to be done with these rocks? Uh, two things. Uh, again, go back to the kids' chat. Uh, this is the one where, where I moved the table and then I invited Zeke to walk towards me. That's what God is promising to do. Right, he's saying, look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to remove the obstacles. I'm going to prepare the way. I'm going to build the highway. And then I'm going to ask you to just take a step towards me and start walking towards me. The, the super practical, like, I'd like you to do this is to make another list. But this time, not of the rocks, because you might not even know what those rocks are. What I'd ask you to do is make a list of all the things that you long to be restored relationships that have been broken and lost, um, jobs that you kind of wish you had back, um, things that you used to do pre-COVID and you're not doing now. What are the things that you long to be restored? Because the promise here is that God's gonna build up, build up a highway and he's gonna remove those stones on your path. Make that list of things that you long to be restored. 
All right, that was mini sermon number two. You guys all track with me still, right? So we did number one, uh, rocks get in the way of God's word and God himself taking a deep, uh, making a deep impact on our life. Uh, rocks get in the way of, of restoration. And then the third one is, is really from the, the gospel reading that we read earlier. Rocks get in the way, but that's not the end of the story. Rocks get in the way, but they can't stop us. Um, we have to admit that some rocks are just big. <laughs> yeah? I've got a rock in my front yard that I think if all five of us would gather together and try to lift up that rock at just the same time and in just the right way, we still wouldn't be able to lift it. In fact, I think uh, the, the men that I disciple were all pretty, you know, pretty big, strong guys. Uh, Dave Kramer and Bill Daly and, and Sean Beddingfield. I think even if the four of us would get around that rock, I don't know, what do you guys think, Bill and Dave? Do you think we'd be able to move it? You might not even know the rock I'm talking about, but this is a big rock in my front yard, and I just don't think it's movable. I don't even know how they got it there. It might be what? Cemented. Simon says it's cemented into the ground. Sometimes the rocks are just way too big in our life, and we start to feel that sense of overwhelmed. Um, sometimes it's just that there are so many rocks that we don't really know where to start or what to do. And, and in those moments, we, we sometimes uh, turn to despair, and, and, and then we feel a sense of apathy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like sometimes we look at how big a rock is that is standing in our way and it feels so big and it feels so uh, gigantic and, and, and we just sort of know that's never going to move. Why bother trying to move it? Why bother even worrying about that rock? It's just going to be there forever. You guys know what I mean? We, we tend towards despair and we tend towards apathy. Mark chapter 16 I'm going to start at verse 1. Uh, I think I put up there maybe verse, verse 3. When the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome brought spices so that they might go and anoint him. Him is the dead body of Jesus. And very early on the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb. And they were, they were saying to one another, Who will roll away the stone for us. Anybody asking that question in your life? Who's going to roll away that stone? It is so big. Who's going to take away these stones, these obstacles in front of us? There are so many. Who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance of the tomb? Um, I, I love what the women are asking here because, because they know without a shadow of a doubt that the stone shouldn't be there. Just everything that has happened over the last two or three days, it just hasn't been right. It's all been wrong. You know, Jesus is, is, goes through this mock trial. He suffers. He dies on the cross. He's buried in this tomb. And then this gigantic stone is rolled in front of it. And they know that that stone shouldn't be there. It's not right. They know that they desperately want that stone to be moved. And they know that they can't move it on their own. But, but I also love that they ask this question, who's going to roll away the stone? 
and they don't settle for despair. They don't allow the apathy to keep them at home. They don't allow their own weakness to immobilize them. They ask the question and they keep walking. And very early, on the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb. And they were saying to one another, who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance of the tomb? And looking up, they saw that the stone, the rock, had been rolled back. It was very large. And entering the tomb, and entering the tomb, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, dressed in a white robe. And they were alarmed. And he said to them, do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. Uh, this is scenario number three. A God who is so mighty and so powerful that he moves the obstacles for us and then he walks towards us. He bridges that gap. He, he, he takes away the obstacle. He walks on the path himself all the way towards us. So what do we do with rocks that are in the way? If I had to just summarize it in two, two ways, I would say, ask the question. Ask the question that the ladies ask. Who's gonna roll away the stone? Who's going to take away these stones that are so many, I just can't get them all? Ask the question, bring those lists that I asked you to write. Just bring those lists to Jesus and say, look, here they are. <laughs> and then keep walking. Just keep walking and see what God does. There is no rock that is too big for him to move. There is no rock that he is going to allow to stand in his path and his plan for restoration in our lives. There is no rock that is too big or too great for him to move and come all the way to us. So bring those lists to Jesus and keep walking. Amen? Let's pray. Um, Jesus, uh, we just have to be really honest that sometimes rocks get in the way. Um, they, they get in the way of, uh, of, of you uh, having a deep impact on our heart. Um, they get in the way of uh, the, the things that we long to be restored. And so we just thank you. We celebrate this question uh, that, that, we can, that, that we can come to you and just kind of look at you and say, hey, who's, who's going to roll away the stone? Knowing that you rolled away the greatest stone that we, that humanity has ever faced. Thank you for rolling away that stone. Uh, thank you for the certainty then that comes and is planted in our hearts. Thanks for the hope that it breathes. Uh, God, we... We, we haven't made those lists yet, but, but we bring those lists to you and we lay them at your feet. We bring all those rocks to you, uh, trusting you to move the ones that need to be moved.
uh, trusting you to move them in a great and mighty and powerful way and, and building up the way for us to be connected to you for eternity and, and forever. God, we thank you for your love and for your power. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.